It's great what you discover when you're just saying hi to someone, isn't it? I discovered it's Leo's birthday today. So happy birthday, Leo. Isn't that exciting? There we go. So you have to write that date in your diary and remember for next year to, uh, to, to, to look after him. I was just thinking, Charles, when you're announcing about this event, if you're standing at the gate waving everybody in to this property, we could get some wonderful new friends, couldn't we? People just out for a drive, coming back with the shopping, and then they get waved into a field. It'd be great fun. Could meet all sorts of new people. It's going to be exciting. Um, great stuff. Oh, could we have the PowerPoint up, please? That'd be brilliant. Thank you. I want to just ask you as I start on this thing. We've been looking at God's wisdom last week, and then again this coming week, just, and the one and the next week to come as well. Just these three weeks. Um, I want to ask you when the last time was that you were lost. I don't mean spiritually. You don't need to you know, be deep and meaningful on me at this moment. We can come to that in a minute. But um, when the last time was you actually got physically lost anywhere? Some of you are just looking blank. Thought, no, I've never, ever been lost. A few of you? Okay, well, this happens to me occasionally because um, I like to explore new places. And uh, you know, just occasionally you, you end up somewhere you weren't expecting to be. Well, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, we had a week on holiday, a week off, and I didn't go anywhere initially, went to Dorset the second week, but the first week we were just at home, and Judith and myself and Nathaniel went for a walk, just the three of us, and it was a well-planned walk. We had a map, and we had an app on our phone, and we had a plan of the route that was printed out for us off the internet, so what could go wrong? Um, it, was, it was great, and we got ourselves ready, we were, where were we, somewhere near Bodium? Bodium, so it's just... You know, not too far away, nothing too adventurous. Started off at the National Trust place in Bodium. You can't go wrong with a National Trust property, can you? Jolly good show and all that. And off we went for a little walk. And we kind of walked around and off across a railway line and up a hill. And at this point, we're thinking, cool, we're not as fit as we thought we were. And we stopped a couple of times. It was a hot day and we had some water. And then we kind of carried on a bit and into the next bit of the village, well, around the outskirts of the village and kind of through some down a lane and into some woodland and it's going all over the place through fields and it's quite a reasonable walk and uh, we headed off at one point and we were sort of hacking our way through stinging nettles and uh, brambles and Judith and I were pleased we'd got long trousers on Nat wasn't quite so pleased that he'd worn shorts and just trying to work our way through all this this, and and then we kind of potted around and everything was absolutely perfect we followed the route brilliantly with no problems. And then we came to a wooded section, and we were following the route round, and, yeah, go, th- go into the woods and take a left. And we could see it all on the map, and it made perfect sense. Until we got into this woodland, and, and suddenly uh, we weren't quite sure, weren't quite as convinced that we were heading in the direction we needed to be going in. And so we started looking around. The path we'd come from made perfect sense because we'd been that way. And the path we were kind of had ahead of us, looked sort of all right, but there was a sign above us that when we went past and looked up at it, said something like, private land warning shooting. And we thought, this, we haven't seen any of those signs so far. We suspect maybe we've gone wrong somewhere. And so I kind of took a little detour. I thought, well, you, you guys stay here, and I'll go for a little walk, and ended up kind of walking across this slightly broken bridge and Got to the end, and it was some barbed wire and some fencing. I thought, that's not the way to go that way. So I went back, and, and in the end, we scrabbled our way through some woodland that was a little bit like this, with no clear path, and eventually found that we were in an orchard. And 
thought, well, this probably wasn't planned either, um, and kind of guessed around that we should go this way. And when we found our way out, it was fine. Um, we'd had a, a German family following us at one point, and uh, they'd followed us for quite a while, then they'd stopped, and we'd carried on. And it was a little bit disconcerting that when we finally emerged from the orchard through a farm yard, climbing over a padlocked gate, back onto a <laughs> road again, um, that as we marched up this road and paused for all the wide vehicles to come past, the German family were coming towards us. But how on earth have you, from behind us, managed to get in front of us and come in the other way? But never mind, we, we made our way back to the car and relaxed and celebrated and were quite glad that we'd actually finally made it. You may have never had a journey like that. You may well have done. Uh, but it's an illustration that's quite helpful for the points I want to make today from the Bible passage we're going to be sharing because I think that quite a few times we get somewhere and we ask the question, how, how did I end up here? And how on earth do I get out of here to where I want to go? Because this doesn't look like the place I want to stay. I don't want to remain where I am. And how do I move on from where I am? And how did I get here? So I want to just kind of unpack that a little bit. We're reading from Proverbs today because when you talk about wisdom in the Bible, they almost immediately go to Proverbs. Proverbs is a book full of the wisdom of Solomon, the man we spoke about last week, very wise guy, and uh, in the right way, not a wise guy because he thinks he's a bit clever, but actually a very wise man. And uh, we're going to be reading a few verses from there, from chapter 4. In preparation for these, these three messages, I read through the whole book of Proverbs again, and notice that certain key themes came out. There are certain recurring themes that emerged if you read through the whole book, and I kind of jotted them down, and this was one of them, that wisdom for the path that we take, or wisdom and the path we take. This was there's a lot of talking about the route you're walking on and the path you're on, and uh, chapter 4 has a lot of that stuff in it. There's uh, loads about the way of wisdom and walking along straight paths. And if you walk, your steps will be hampered and all this kind of stuff. And, and then we get down to verse 25. I just want to read a couple of verses today. And after all this talking about the path that we walk on, the path of the righteous, the way of the wicked, it says this. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. It's a very simple reading. That's it. We're going to come back to that again and again uh, as we just look at this together. I want to make a few, I think, very simple points, but hopefully they're helpful today. And the first one is this, about the power of the path. I want us to see today that this illustration of the path that is in Proverbs, and I've just shared a little bit from our own story, is incredibly helpful for us in life. And that there's a truth that whatever path you want to walk along, you have to be really careful to choose that you're on the right one. Because paths have an incredible power. They, they don't do anything, they're inanimate, but they have an incredible power to take you in one place and one place only. That's what paths are quite good for. They, they take you somewhere. If you get on them, you journey along them, you end up in the place where the path goes. If you take a different path, you end up somewhere different. You end up in the place that path goes. And it's incredibly simple, but incredibly profound as well. You see, I suspect we've all got some kind of imagined future. That if you're sitting on a quiet summer's evening, and you've got a chance to ponder for a few minutes... 
and you're looking ahead to what might come in life, there's some bits that you might hope for or might imagine in life. And most of us will have a few of these. And it might be some very practical things. We might imagine the kind of health we'll have or the adventures we'll have. Or you might have ambitions and desires to get involved in politics or art or media or start a business or get a mortgage or clear a mortgage or get promotion of some very practical things. Or it might be that actually you're, you're wanting a better relationship with God. You're wanting to know him more. As you're looking around, maybe some countryside contemplating, thinking, God, I, I want to know you more. Maybe you're aware and reminded of some prophecies that have been spoken over your life. And you're, as you look ahead, you think, I'd love to fulfill those prophecies. I'd love to see them fulfilled as I look ahead. And you assume that they automatically will be fulfilled. But that's what's in your future. Maybe it's a sense of calling or some, some goals. You're praying for people to get saved or to get healed. And you, as you look ahead, you're saying, God, I want all these things. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we only discover what ambitions we had when we arrive at a certain stage in life and observe that it's not how we imagined it to be. You know, sometimes when I say to people, what, well, what are you hoping for? What's your ambition? They're, oh, not, none really, just kind of poodling along until you get 10 years' time and you have a conversation. And someone says, well, I, I didn't expect life would be like this. And, and there actually are some deep-seated expectations that we carry and we kind of project forward, but we can't always verbalize them. Let me just flip it around to a negative and I don't like focusing on negatives, but this might just help. You see, I don't think there's anybody that ends up bankrupt or in debt or divorced or unfit or with a lack of spirituality or distance from their family or friends who actually planned that and set out to try and get those things. There's nobody really who, well, there might be somebody who sets out to get really unfit, but I don't know of anybody. I think for most of us, it just sort of comes along. Or so it seems. I don't think there's many people who set out to be bankrupt, but some just say, oh, it just kind of just ended up here. I don't think many people set out to have broken relationships, but would say, well, I just ended up here. And actually, it, most of the time, you don't just end up there. It's the result of the path that you've been on that takes you to those things. And there's an incredible power of the path that you, you walk in a certain direction and you end up in a certain place. And sometimes we express surprise, like we did in our walk, that the path we were on took us to where it did. Because it surely was the right path. But it turned out not to be the right path. And we were walking simply on the wrong path. Somewhere along the line, we'd taken a detour and we'd come off the path we thought we should have been on onto another one. And we still thought it was the right one and it felt like the right one. And, and everything about it said it was the right one. We could look at our map and say, yes, it looks like the right one, but it turned out not to be the right one. And we ended up in a place we didn't want to go. Why? Because the path was incredibly powerful and took us there. This inanimate object ended up with us being at its destination. The Bible picks up on this theme again and again and again in relation to the way we live. And Proverbs is filled with this stuff about choosing God's way or a wicked way. Choosing God's way, which is a way of wisdom and a way of light, a way of straight paths, where God makes your paths straight, where he'll make them light, where he'll make them level and unhindered, or the way of the wicked, which is dark and crooked, and you're prone to stumble on that way. Jesus called his disciples, when he called them, what did he say? He didn't say, I want you to be my disciples. Will you pray a prayer and fill out a card and then that's it, we're done. I'll leave you a Bible reading plan and, and I'm off now. No, he said, follow me. 
When he spoke to his disciples, he said, follow me. What he was saying was, journey with me, come with me, walk where I walk, go where I go. If I wanted to try and force what he's saying into this thought today, he's saying, walk on the same path as me. Because they did, they walked together. Where Jesus went, they went, physically. He walked with them. Jesus himself spoke about the wide road and the narrow road. One leads to life, one leads to destruction. And that's the thing I want to bring out today from this story about the path. So, what do we do? What's the practical encouragement and advice to us from this passage in Proverbs? Firstly, this. It says this from verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. That's the point we're making. Look straight ahead. I don't know if you've been watching the Olympics. Some of us will have been. I've only been picking up on the highlights because I don't really want to stay up till 3 in the morning watching it. Um, so I've just been kind of flicking on and going on the internet and watching some snippets. But apart, most of the time, apart, when you're watching runners, apart from near the finish line, where they do a quick glance to make sure where they are, like Mo did. Mo Farah winning his 5,000 meters race last night. Apologies if you wanted to wait till you got home to find out the result. Mo won. Um, sorry about that. Uh, we've got another gold. We're still second in the medals table. That's bizarre, isn't it? But there we go. Um, so Mo kind of glanced around a little bit at the end, but pretty much other than that, he's, he's looking to the finish line, and as he's finishing, he's keeping going, looking at the finish line. Why? Because he wants to get to the end. You don't see many successful athletes looking behind them. Pretty foolish, wouldn't it? He'd fallen over a couple of times in races up until then. He'd probably trip up again. But you, you don't find many kind of looking behind them or kind of distracted by something in the crowd. I imagine the roars of the crowd cheer them on, but they're not focusing on that. I say imagine because I've never done it, but I imagine that's what they're doing. They're looking towards and even through the finishing line with their eyes on the prize. And you heard him talk at the end. Some of you will have done this. And he said, I've got a fourth gold medal for my fourth child. One for each child, which is a great incentive not to have any more kids, isn't it? Because then you've got to go out and (laughs) win another gold medal. That must be exhausting. But he's looking straight ahead, simply for a gold medal, simply for a victory. And here, this is a biblical injunction. It's an encouragement to us to let our eyes look straight ahead. Now, sometimes we go through life and we're not aware of what's ahead of us. We're not aware of the kind of long-term goals we have and, or ambitions. We don't like the word ambition because it sounds so selfish and self-centered, but the Bible does talk about a godly ambition, and we don't even like talking about that almost, because again, it sounds a little bit prickly somehow, or, or again, centered around me. But often we just go through life aware of our day-to-day decisions and not thinking about how they connect together in some kind of form to actually resemble a journey that we're going on. We don't often look up and see, well, where am I heading? What's my, what's my goal? Where's God calling me? Where's God taking me? Maybe you do. I don't always. And I'm aware of my diary filling up and phone calls and emails coming in and things I need to do. And sometimes it's just possible to, to forget what the point of the week was, what the point of the month was or the point of the year was because you just get caught up in stuff. And, and this proverb encourages us to let our eyes look above some of the day-to-day decisions and fix our eyes on what's ahead of us. If we're reading Hebrews, we might read about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we're reading about Jesus from Luke 9, 51, we would read of a time when Jesus 
disciples realize who he is, and, and it says that he set his course towards Jerusalem. He set out intently towards, or resolutely, set his face, the Bible says, resolutely towards Jerusalem. He knows that no matter what comes, he's got to head towards Jerusalem, and he lifts his head. And the Bible actually said he sets his face resolutely to go there. The day-to-day isn't going to distract him. He's going towards where God has called him to go. We, Judith and I don't often fall out. You'll be pleased to hear. But when we're driving, just occasionally, um, usually it's only ever when I'm driving, um, Judith will point out to me that a car somewhere in the distance is braking. And what should happen is Judith should say, Stuart, my beloved. <laughs> you will notice that on yonder hill there is a brake light. And I would say, why, verily, you are right, my darling. I shall apply, apply my brakes immediately and slow down. But well, that doesn't happen, because you've been in a car too, and you know what it's like. What happens is that Judith points out the brakes, and usually in quite a troubled tone, which makes me go, ha! Ah! Which doesn't actually help my peace of mind or my heart rate or my driving at all at that point. And I should, of course, be so grateful that she's noticed something that I hadn't noticed, but normally I'm not very grateful. And normally my impatience emerges and and we have a little discussion around that <laughs> for a moment. What's simply happening is that we're looking at two different places on the road. And Judith, who's been a passenger in a car which did have a crash, because uh, people got rear-ended in that sort of situation, is particularly concerned about that, rightly so, having experienced it. I've never experienced that. Uh, and, and I'm driving along aware of the stuff that's immediately in front, a little bit beyond that, but I'm not always aware of the brake light, or sometimes I am, and actually, it's okay. Sometimes it's just all right to, to carry on because there's enough space. And Anyway, you know what I mean. The simple point is this, that we're looking at different places on the road. And it's really helpful sometimes to look up and have a further ahead gaze, to look beyond the immediate circumstances of our lives. Really, really important. Fix your eyes on what's ahead. You know, I've noticed, actually, that looking ahead can be a bit scary, particularly if it's a while since you've done it. Because you look up sometimes, and, you know, you might have some deeply held ambitions, some very simple ones. Maybe it's to get into a pair of suit trousers that you've not been in for a while. Maybe it's to get fitter. Maybe it's to get a promotion. Maybe it's to do all sorts of things. But you have these desires, and you... It's quite troubling sometimes because you look ahead and you remind yourself of the desire and sometimes we discover that we're no closer than we were when we first had the desire. And sometimes you discover that you're even further away. And so what if those desires are to know more about God or to follow his call more wholeheartedly? Again, sometimes you can look up and you can go, oh, I don't want to look at that because actually I'm further away than I, I want to be. Well, I want to encourage you today. Do what the Bible says. Look Straight ahead. Have a good look at where God's calling you. Have a good look at those things that you want to be ahead of you, that God has placed within you to to desire and to seek after as you're seeking him. Look at them. And then the next thing is this, to think about your path. 
to give careful thought about the path that you're on. To see, so we look up and see where we want to go, and then what we next do is we look and see where the path that we're currently on is taking us. Because for some of us, where we want to go won't be served by the path that we're currently on. And what we actually have to do is change path. Because the way we're currently walking, the direction we're currently going in, won't get us to where we think we want to go. And it's not enough just to to want it. Sometimes you've actually got to do something different. And I've realized in my own life that sometimes I've had desires about my relationship with God or fulfilling God's call or something like that, that actually the way I'm living, the the choices I'm making, the attitudes I'm carrying, they're not going to get me to where God. I want to go. They're not going to get me to where God wants me to go. And there's, there's no, I'd be an idiot to carry on persisting, making the choices I am and trying to get over there. We have to shift path. Walk the way that Jesus wants us to and walk his way. The only way is to choose another path. You know what happens in an office. You know, I'd like to get fitter than I am. I would do. You know, sometimes as has happened here and I'm sure happens in your workplace, you have a desire to get fitter and then a friend, a colleague, comes in with a tray of cakes. You know, and it would be rude not to, wouldn't it? They've, they've gone out and bought them. And this process goes on where you go, well, it would be rude not to and I, I don't want to stick out. And Well, I did have a piece of lettuce yesterday and that's got to count for something. And, and, and I can always do more exercise tomorrow. And, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll indulge now. And what you do is not just a one-off. Oh, that's just a one-off decision. It's a frivolous thing. It doesn't matter. But it's a path that you're on. And I, and I suspect that the Mo Farahs of the world who've set their course and they've set their destination, they've set their goal, don't respond in those ways in the same way that I do. Because I suspect actually they've got a, a, a route they're running and a path they're on, and that excludes this path. You know, I've noticed in my own life that I can see where someone else's path is going to take them much more easily than I can see where mine's going to take me. You ever notice this? I'm a parent. This helps. So I can see when I'm chatting to other parents and why they say certain things they do. And it's not just because you've had the parenting chip installed that you get when you have a child, that immediately you start saying things. You think, why am I saying that? I promised I would never say that. If I've told you once, I've told you. Where does that come from? It's the parenting chip that you get installed. I'm sure it is. But without that, you can see someone else's path better than you can see your own. You can see that somebody should be, if they want to be healthy and well, should be partying less, perhaps. Or doing certain things differently. Why? Because you've made the same mistakes yourself. Or studying more, exams time. You can see that somebody you care about should be studying in a different way. Why? Because you didn't see your own path. And it just emerged and you thought it was okay and it wasn't okay, perhaps. And maybe that's why we do it for other people. But we can see where certain people are going, and we've done it ourselves, when you're caring for people, when you're loving them, when it's friends and family and others, and you're having conversations, and someone's talking about their life, and they're telling you the decisions they're making and where they want to end up. You can see, it's not difficult, you can see that the route they're on will not get them to their destination. It really won't. But that's much easier than seeing our own. I've noticed as well, that I fool myself into thinking that I can walk two paths at once sometimes, and I can't. I've noticed as well that to choose the right path, I have to daily make a decision to reject the wrong ones. Daily. There is a decision to be made, like those Olympic athletes. You know what separates them from us is, yes, it's their skill, yes, it's their talent, yes, it's their genetics. 
Yes, it's their desire, maybe, but it's also their daily decisions that are repeatedly made that take them on the route that they're on. That's why I'm not on the same route as them, and neither are you. Because they make daily decisions to live their lives the way they do. Why do we think that the scripture says to give careful thought to the paths for your feet? Why thought? Why why all this stuff about thinking? Because for most of us, the decisions we make are made out of our emotion. They're made out of our desire, if we're honest. That's why most of us make the decisions that we make most of the time. Well, the Bible's telling us to, to give careful thought because Proverbs speaks quite a lot about the danger of following your heart. I want to give you a really positive scripture, and it's going to come on the screen. It's Proverbs 23, verse 19. It says, listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. The way to make good decisions is not to look inside us and say, what do I feel like I want to do? It's to go the way that our eyes are fixed, we know God has told us to go, and to follow the way we have set. Uh, And the Bible says here to set your heart on the right path. You don't let your heart set the path you go on. You do it the other way around. You tell yourself, this is the way we're going. My emotions, we're going this way. My heart, we're going this way. Folks, this is the way we're going. This is what I'm going to persist in doing. And, And we have to tell ourselves sometimes that this is the route we've set. Recalibrate our hearts. Not let our hearts dictate our decisions, uh, but let our head and our thinking and our spirit speak into what our heart would say. You see, otherwise we'll be making decisions based on temptation or fear or insecurity or comparison or I want to make decisions based on faith and hope and wisdom and God's revelation. Secondly, that passage that we, we saw says to be steadfast in all your ways. And we can often be tempted to quit. But I want to encourage you to keep going. As I was researching this message, I found a really quite profoundly challenging verse, and you might not immediately think that's challenging. But let me read it to you. It says this, The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. Well, that sounds kind of encouraging, really, and I realize that actually that's quite challenging. Because there are times I've come up with excuses and I've explained why I haven't been able to progress further with the thing I'd set out to do and I've blamed the stuff that's come in the way. Do you know, I realized as I read this passage that what that means is that I'm a sluggard. Because the way of the sluggard isn't actually blocked with thorns because they don't need to, they're not actually trying to go anywhere. They're just sat having another cup of tea, having another coffee, waiting for the day to get better, waiting for the path to be clearer, and they're just sitting there doing nothing because they're a sluggard. That's their tendency. But the path of the upright is a highway. Why? Because they're making it a highway, because they're progressing, they're clearing the ground, they're walking through. They're saying, well, I'm going to follow God. This is the way he's told me to go. I'm progressing through this way. And when I found myself recounting excuses for stuff that has prevented me doing the things that I know God's called me to do, I read this and I thought, I wonder if that means that I'm the sluggard who's describing his way as blocked with thorns when actually my calling was to get up and clear them out of the way. Does that make sense? Uh, And I was disquieted by that as I read that. Because I think there are times that, and, and don't be too hard on yourselves if you've done the same thing. There are times when 
God's calling on our lives is to press in and to just clear the stuff out of the way. There's stuff that comes that's impossible. I realize that. But there's plenty of other things which actually we could have set our eyes and we can still set our eyes on the goal and move ahead in the way God wants us to. Fourthly and finally, do not turn off the path. Proverbs is full of the talk about paths. If you read the first few chapters, there's stories about the path that leads to adultery or the path that leads to broken relationships of other kind. There's the path that leads to destruction, the paths of laziness, the paths to injustice. It shows all these paths that are available. And Proverbs shows us again and again that the paths we take are actually a series of decisions that we make that lead us in a particular direction. Simple encouragement is this, not to turn off the path. Do not turn off, do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Proverbs tells us that there are at times sinful men who come and entice you or sinful people who come and entice you and and try and draw you onto the path they're going on. And Proverbs tells us to not go along with them and not set our foot on their paths. And that is true. But, you know, often I find myself meandering and wandering onto a different path. It's not a, it's not a sinful person that's cropped up and said, oh, come over here. That is true, and you need to avoid that. But at the same time, I've just felt myself at times going off on the wrong way. So what do we do in all this? I've been quite honest today. I want to encourage you to trust God, to look up again and say, God, I love you, I worship you, I delight in you. As I've taken that brick out of the wall, I thank you that I'm swamped by your love today. You love me. You love us. You've called us to love you and live for you. Receive today the word that you're not and don't have to be a victim of your circumstances today. You're not stuck where you are. There are paths ahead of you. And you can choose which way to go. Very simply, now is the time to look ahead and decide where you want to walk. Do you want to follow Jesus and walk his way and trust him? And even if there seems to be some briars and some prickles and some whatever, to move them out of the way and to carry on keeping going, fixing your eyes on him and keeping an eye on the path. That's what I hope and pray we will do. I hope and pray that we will continue in those ways that God has called us to. I hope and pray that we will continue not to be distracted, not to be tempted to to veer off and wander off in a different route. If you've been listening to me this morning and you're thinking, do you know, I think there's some areas in my life where I had an ambition, I had a desire, I had something I was aiming at, and I seem to be a long way off. I want us to be really honest about that and bring that to God today. Just bring it to him. You see, the Bible says this, that if we trust in the Lord with all our heart and don't lean on our own understanding, in all our ways, submit to him. He'll make our paths straight. It doesn't mean they'll be boring and featureless. It means that we won't end up on the way of the wicked and we won't end up entangled and we won't end up beaten and blooded and bruised. We'll end up walking with him day by day. The Bible tells us that at the end of it all, we see one seated on a throne. I wonder when we see ourselves in his presence, what we see. When we imagine the conversation between Jesus and us, what's that like? Because that's at the end of the bit of the path we can see. 
A guy called Andy Stanley has written a lot about this, um, the paths that we take in life. And he poses a great question. Linking wisdom and the path that we take and the, the way that the steps we take end up with us in a particular destination. He said this. In the light of my past experience and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? In the light of my past experience and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? I want to present today the thought that the wise thing to do is to look, lift our eyes to Jesus, to look at him, to keep an eye, to be aware of our path, to make decisions, to walk according to God's way and to follow him, and to be really honest with ourselves when we're making decisions. Is this decision I'm making going to help me walk on the right path or is it going to take me on a side road? God will lead us as we do that on straight paths. Why don't we pray together? We're here today. And God has blessed us and led us. And we want to give thanks for the way he's done that. Father, I thank you today that you love us. And that as we've made decisions in our lives, they haven't always been good ones, but you still loved us. And Lord, many of us, all of us, I suspect, have sometimes taken rather circuitous paths. We've gone round and round and ended up in the bushes and not been quite sure where we are. And Lord, I thank you that you love us still. That what we're not talking about today is us walking out of your love because you love us constantly. And I thank you for that. I thank you that we went lose that. We, we can't shake it. Lord, we can't get round it. We can't get over it. We can't get under it. You love us and we can rest secure in that completely. But Lord, I thank you also that we're aware of your call to walk with you and to live for you and to love you. And sometimes, Lord, there's stuff we set out to do and we don't make it. And Lord, I thank you that you still love us. But I pray for each one of us that there would be a renewed honesty a renewed openness to look at the way we're living, to look at the way we're walking, and to see if the way we're walking currently will get us to where you've called us to go. And if it won't, then Lord, would you give us the bravery and the courage to just change path, to do something different, to set our eyes again on you and not fear your condemnation or our any sense of failure, but simply to look honestly and recognize that where we're going isn't going to get us to where you want us to be. So, Lord, I pray simply that we would turn our eyes to you and change path. Lord, would you help us? Lord, keep us free from um, disappointment that would stall us. Keep us free from discouragement that would trip us up. We want to, with joy in our hearts, turn to you and say, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you that I can change path. Thank you that I can choose you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you, Lord, that when I set my eyes towards you, you help me and support me every step of the way, and you make my path straight. In Jesus' name, amen.